body changes. You're, you might have stretch marks. You're going to have loose skin unless you are just Alaska woman. Like <laughs> you're going to have some loose skin. It's okay. Typically your spouse isn't seeing any of that. Uh-huh. They are seeing your fantastic boobs, your booty. They love to hold on to things. You know, I've always been self-conscious about my love handles. Why? Men like something to grab onto. Hello, you beautiful soul, and welcome to the Evolve with Evelyn podcast, where we break through all the fears, obstacles, and limiting beliefs that are holding you back from the life, relationships, and business or career you desire. I am your host, Evelyn Huynh, founder of Evolve and Unite Coaching Institute, speaker and transformational life coach specializing in inner child and generational trauma healing. Join me each week to heal and strengthen the relationship with yourself and activate your authentic voice so that you can evolve mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and financially. Hello, hello, you beautiful souls, and welcome back to the Evolve with Evelyn podcast. I am so excited, and I feel like I say this about every single episode, but this one I'm like, excited but also nervous and it's like all these like feelings comes up and in this episode I am joined by my lovely friend and past client Jennifer so Jennifer and I met I want to say like two years ago she was a client of mine and over the years I've really watched her evolve into this beautiful light in this world and what she does for a living now and what she specializes in is something that makes my jaw drop to the floor. Cause I'm like, damn, it takes a lot of courage, confidence, and just this bad assness to someone to actually be able to talk about these things. But I also think it's so important and I know nothing. I don't want to say no nothing, but when it comes to Tantra and sexual expression and sexual expression within partners. Like this is all stuff that's still very new to me that I'm not super confident in. You know, I'm your Scorpio hopeless romantic that desires to have this beautiful life with relationship with my partner and a family. And while I'm single now, it's so interesting for me to look at people like Jen and her relationship with her husband and all these different facets of it. So before I just continue rambling on, I'm just going to let Jen introduce herself. So can you let us know who you are, what you do, and just the whole shebang? Yes. Thank you so much for letting me be on here. I'm so excited to talk about this. So my name is Jennifer Keegan McGregor, and I am a relationship and sex specialist. I My goal is to help others enhance their sexual depth and their authentic connection within their partnerships, but also within themselves to empower couples through Tantra to have the best sex and the best relationship of their lives. Mm. And it is very hard (laughs) to talk about sex because it's so taboo, but Mm. it has been the best thing I have ever done. And for once, because you have seen me evolve (laughs) in the last couple of years from where I started, to now it's just so much easier to come on. We love what you're doing. Yeah. And you know, I look at some of your videos and your reels and in my mind can't even comprehend it because it's so outside of my realm of reality and outside of my comfort zone, which I'm already a pretty open person. So I can only imagine the average Joe Schmo who's like lived in a box their entire lives. And it's like, what the fuck is this person talking about? And what for those of you who don't know, I would highly recommend go checking Jen out and her content. Like whether you are single or whether you want to be in a relationship or whether you are in a relationship, I think every single person could benefit. Maybe you might not resonate with everything that she shares because a lot of it is really outside of the box and that's okay. But there'll be so many aspects that you'll take from it. So Jen's information will be in the description below. But one of the things I remember coming across one of your reels and I'm pretty sure you were straddling your husband. (laughs) I was like, Oh, okay. So this is where we're at now. But in that, that taboo-ness, you were also teaching and you were also sharing. And I think I started was like, Holy fuck. Like no one's talking about this. And this is why it's so uncomfortable. So there's a couple of things that I definitely want to make sure that we touch on in this podcast. One of them is 
how you got your husband involved and how he's so okay being in camera and, you know, being a part of this journey with you online, because a lot of people run away from it. Number two, what is Tantra? And number three, well, I mean, we'll just kind of go into that. So I guess the first thing that I really want you to share with us, cause I'm still learning about it. I know Tantra, you know, I'm not even going to bother with that, but what is Tantra? I'd rather you, the expert share with us. So Tantra really first and foremost is a spiritual practice. Yes, it does have the connotation when you hear the word Tantra, people immediately go to sex. And yes, it is a part of Tantra, but it is so much more than that. It is a very ancient practice that really is all about connection and energy. So Mm. it focuses on moving energy in, in your body, through your body, through all of your chakras, having everything aligned. And also deepening that connection with yourself so that you're aware of the feelings that are happening in your body. You know, when we, a lot of people talk about anxiety and they say, you know, they feel it in their gut or in their heart and they can feel like butterflies or tingles, but we don't really associate the same type of feelings when it comes to sexual energy. We just immediately think like, oh, pleasure equals some type of touching of genitalia and then orgasming. Mm -hmm. But there's so much more to it. And Tantra teaches you how to use your breath work, use your eyes, your gazing to really use all of your senses in the act and throughout the day to feel everything. And we really take away the power of orgasm. So Mm -hmm. when you're in Tantra, you're not focusing on having an orgasm. That's just an added benefit if it happens. But it's really about focusing on all of the pleasure leading up to that possibility. Really, you know, a lot of people think that there's, especially for women, kind of one or two types of orgasms. There's so many more. For men, people think like, okay, yes, there's two, but a lot of straight men are pretty scared of the fact that there are multiple types of orgasms for them. (laughs) And they kind of steer clear from those. But there are so many sensations that men can feel. They can have multiple orgasms. And that's something that when you tell a man that they're like, no, it's one and done. Oh, no, it's not. You can have so many by learning how to engage and move the energy from the penis and moving it all the way through your body. And so you actually have a full body orgasm and it basically tingles everywhere. And then you can go back to the sensation and bring it back down if you're ready to ejaculate as a man or orgasm as a female. So it's, it's so much more than just about getting off. Wow. We, you just went right deep in there. I love it. it. (laughs) Um, so a couple of things that kind of comes up is like, it's so funny because I've done a lot of work myself to get to the point that I have. And, you know, maybe one day I'll share my own um, experiences with like sexual expression and stuff. But even for me, like growing up, it was a, such a taboo topic in my own home, let alone for a lot of my friends who grew up with church hurt, where like sex is bad and you will be sinned and you were sent to hell. Like, when I heard stories like that, I was like, holy shit, like, okay, maybe I lived in a box, but that box that you've been in, like, that sounds terrifying. So I feel like more and more nowadays, I'm hearing more people talk about and be open about talking about more taboo topics like tantra, sex, orgasms, polyamory, I don't even know how you say it, but you know, we're you're just opening up the conversation about sexual expression and sexual preferences and all that stuff. So I guess my question for you is how do you see this, you know, Tantra and sex and sexual expression correlate with childhood wounds, right? Cause this entire podcast, and you've probably heard me talk a lot about, you know, the, the wounds that we have as children, how we carry them with us until adulthood and how it holds us back from really showing up as our true selves. And I wholeheartedly believe that sexual expression is one of them. And I, okay, actually, we're just going to go here. Jen, I didn't know how to give myself an orgasm until last summer. That's very common. Literally. Cause, and I just was like, I lived in this story that I can't, I don't know how to, 
I need a partner to do it. So then when I wasn't with a partner, because I don't like sleeping around, it was like, I felt very disempowered and it's like, wow, one, I didn't know who to go to for help. I don't know how to talk about this. Who who's talking about this Two, I didn't really ask how much it actually affected us. So yeah. Can you talk to us a little bit more about like your thoughts about Tantra mixing with childhood wounds mixed in with like empowerment and what the benefits are of it? I'm just kind of holding a lot on you. (laughs) Absolutely. No. So first of all, it is very common for women, especially to feel almost broken when it comes to orgasming because it is more taboo for women to masturbate than it is for men. And so it's not talked about. It's not celebrated. Um, Self-exploration isn't as celebrated as it is for men. Um, So that's very common. And we'll circle back to that. (laughs) So (laughs) when it comes to how you grow up, it completely imprints on what your sexuality and your sexual desires and expression is going to show up like. So for me, while I have always been very, very comfortable in my body with nudity, with sexual expression, it's, I had to hide it um, because I did grow up in a very conservative Christian family. Um, My mom is very, very religious, very ashamed of nudity and sex, even though she was okay being nude in front of my sister and I. Mm -hmm. Um, But the body really to her is something that is meant to be private. Um, Sex is something that is meant only for a husband and wife that Mm -hmm. you should not be sleeping with anybody that's not your partner. Um, And partner for her is marriage. Um, Sex was not fun. Sex was mm. to have children, which I don't personally want children. So like, that's, that's really hard to <laughs> come to terms with. If you don't want children, then, then what does sex mean? Mm. Um, and then you have the whole religious aspect where, you know, I was taught that sex is only for marriage after marriage. You can't have sex before marriage. Um, I had a purity ring. I had a purity commitment, which I didn't believe in because at that point I had already lost my virginity. <laughs> Wait, what the fuck is a purity ring? So purity ring is something that happens in a lot of religions where basically you put on a ring that would be similar to like an engagement ring, but, or a wedding band that basically says that you are not going to have sex until you get married. And you would take off your purity ring and hand and like switch it with your wedding band. I mean, okay. My mouth is shocked and I'm, you know, the people I'm, I'm shocked right now because that's just so outside of my realm of like consciousness. But I mean, if that works for some people, then that's great. But I, I can also see where that can be really traumatizing for a lot of people when that's not the choice that you want to make for yourself. Absolutely. And I, I was always told that every time you had sex, you give a piece of, piece of you away. So that means that your significant other, the person that you end up with in life is not going to be, they're not going to get the whole you. And that always stuck with me because I'm like, but I don't believe that. Like I, I personally, while I think safety is very important, um, if you are sleeping around, like obviously be safe, consent, all of that fun stuff, (laughs) but I don't personally see anything wrong with it. Uh, sex to me has always been fun. Um, it's always felt good. It's an expression. I love it. I can remember being little and I'm talking probably like between 12 and 14 and being like, I want to be a porn star. Like that's what I'm, I'm like, they can have sex and they get paid for that. Like, that's awesome. Who would not want to have sex all day long and make money? Like that's awesome. And then as I got older, I started getting all of those like pieces of information from other people, from society, from religion, mm. from my parents, from my friends being like, oh no, 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 that's, that's gross. Um, those people are below us that's not a real job. They're trash. And then it's like, okay, well, if they're trash and I'm sleeping with just as many people as they are, then I'm trash. Mm. It's honestly until the last year that I didn't even realize that these were problems I had, that I just, I had buried so deep and, you know, preparing for this podcast, I started thinking of like things in my childhood that came up and I can remember this one sexual experience with a a boy and we were young probably 15 and I can remember him putting his hands down my pants and it was very consensual but he made the comment he's like oh you're so wet 
Well, at that point, I didn't know what that meant. And yes, I understand, like, I shouldn't probably have been having sexual relations when I didn't understand it, but that's yeah. But ever since that moment, and I'm 32 now, I cannot stand the feeling of being wet. Like, mm. it's disgusting to me. And it, it's because of that moment, because when he said it, and I didn't understand what it meant that my body was doing something natural, that I immediately was like, Oh, I'm gross. I shouldn't, I shouldn't, wow. I shouldn't be like that. Right. Like that's not, that's not normal. That's nasty. And until the last year, like if I had that feeling, I would immediately go to the bathroom unless I was in a sexual intimate moment. Like there's no need for my genitals to be wet. I'm like, Nope, that's disgusting. And now I'm finally working past it where it's like, no, it's natural. That means, you know, for women, we are kind of lucky. We can hide our arousal. Um, and it is just kind of a personal thing, but men, they have it. it the same thing happens except for the fact that typically their shows with erection, yeah. ours doesn't, but being aroused, there's nothing wrong with that. And having that moisture, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's very, very hard to work past those moments that completely imprinted and be like, Oh, that one, he wasn't being mean. He probably thought it was attractive. He's like, oh, I'm doing something right. And that's how my husband feels now. Like he makes comments all the time. And he's like, it's such a turn on. And I'm like, yeah, to you, but to me, it it makes me feel gross. So it takes so much work to be able to, especially with taboo topics and sex is so taboo still. Like we're way more open than we've ever been, but it's still so looked down on. And so being able to work past those and be like, is this something that I want to hold on to anymore? Mm-hmm. Or am I okay with releasing it and coming into terms and comfort with what my body naturally does? Mm. It's so empowering. So I love that. I love, love, love that. So when you're working with your clients and just with other people that you, you know, talk to and hear their stories, what do you notice are, I don't want to say like the cons, but more so like the consequences, I feel like that people experience by not expressing themselves fully. Cause as you say, like Tantra has been around for like a long ass time, like it's ancient. So that means that this idea or this energy of like sexual practice has been around for a really long time yet we have been shunned as a society to not talk about it, to not explore it, especially for women. So yeah, I guess like the question is like, and I don't know how else to phrase this, but what are, what have you noticed are the downfalls or the consequences that people, whether it's men, women, or any other person or couples experience by not stepping into or prioritizing sex or Tantra, et cetera. So it really comes down to, and I like to make this very clear because I've gotten a lot, when you speak on taboo topics, you get a lot of negativity. And so it is not, again, it's not about the sex. Mm. It is about the communication. And when people, what we've realized is that when people don't have a great sex life or an open sex life, no matter what that means, it tends to mean that they don't have great communication. And Mm. a lot of us think that we have great communication. I did. I have a degree in communication (laughs) and I'm like, Oh, I'm killing this. And then we, my husband and I went to therapy and we're like, we are not doing well. (laughs) Oh, wow. We are not communicating at all. We were communicating about surface level things. We've been together for eight years and it was, how was your day? How was work? What, you know, that was pretty much it. Like there wasn't a lot of depth. And now because of Tantra and we've been able to open ourselves up where it's easy to be vulnerable in the beginning. It's not, it's, it's hard. Um, because a lot of times if you're not open with your partner, then you're probably not receiving what you need in and out of the bedroom. And that's where it comes down to what do you want your relationship to look like? Do you want to live in a relationship where you're not getting your needs met. And then you resent your partner for not meeting those needs, even though you've never told them. Mm. We think that our partner should be mind readers. And we really, as as women expect men to to read our minds, ladies, if you can't read your husband's or your partner's mind, they cannot read yours. (laughs) So it goes both ways. And you have to 
be able to create a safe space. So my husband and I use this thing called bubble. Uh, we found it in the very beginning of our relationship. He was deployed at the time. So we needed a safe space to learn each other. And basically you enter a bubble and you ask them, you're like, Hey, bubble. And you come in willingly. So if you're like, Nope, I'm not in the mood right now, then you don't, but both parties enter, enter into the bubble. And then it's a safe space to say whatever you need to. And obviously there's rules. You can't go into the bubble and say you did something terrible and expect no repercussions, but like, it, it's a place where you can go in and be like, Hey bubble, you know, I, I feel like I'm giving you a lot right now. Like when it comes to sex, like maybe you feel like you're performing a lot of the manual oral stimulation and you're not receiving enough back. And you can say, you know, I would really like for you to do a little bit more manual stimulation or a little more oral, or maybe you don't need either of those. Maybe you need more cuddling. Maybe you mm. need more aftercare. Maybe you need more kissing. You know, that's something that I'm not great at. I'm not a great kisser. Like I don't like to kiss tons, but my husband really enjoys making out. So finally he was like, you know, I don't feel like you love me because we never kiss. And I'm like, well, I didn't know that. Like that, that's hurtful, <laughs> but like, yeah. it hurts me because it's sad. So yeah. now I'm like, okay, that's something that I know he needs and desires. So I make a very big effort to make sure I initiate some type of kissing throughout the day in our sex life, things like that. So the con of not doing this type of work, I feel like your relationship might, might be great, but when you experience your relationship in Tantra, like every single night, my husband lay, and I lay in bed and we're like, why are people not doing this? Like, why are people not experiencing this? Because it's out of body, out of mind, just like full body bliss every single night. And I don't understand why more people don't want that type of connection where you, you love that person, you married them potentially, or you're committed. Why would you not want to be so deeply connected with them? where you feel so safe and so grounded. And, you know, I've seen movies and people talk about where they're like, you have sex and you feel like you're one. And I'm like, that's crap <laughs> until you experience it. And you're like, whoa, <laughs> it's just mind blowing. So I guess one of the things that comes to mind for me is like, you know, just playing devil's advocate here. There are people that can look at you and your husband and be like, you know what? Like she's got a fucking banging bod. Her husband's got a banging bod. They look really fucking great together. Of course they have no problem showing each other off in the bedroom to each other. And as you're sharing this, these thoughts kind of popped up because, you know, there's a lot of women and men where, and just humans, like not just the two genders, but just, just a lot of people in general where, they're very insecure about their body, right? Like needing to have sex with the lights off, not feeling comfortable to be in certain positions. Um, and like, I almost feel like it's just a topic that's easier for them to avoid because I feel like this topic comes with so much baggage. So what would yeah. you, like, what are your thoughts on that? What would you recommend for people in that position where, you know, they're not super secure in their body. And, you know, we're talking right now about people in relationships, but then there's me who's single as a fucking Pringle right now. And it's like, well, then what the fuck do people like me do? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I will say like, I, I do have a, a very different opinion. Um, coming from the fitness industry, I've, you know, I very similar to your background. Like I did the bodybuilding thing. I lost all this weight. I gained all this weight. I lost it again. And now I finally found balance and same with my husband. My husband's lost over a hundred pounds. So he has massive body dysmorphia where wow. he still looks in the mirror and sees someone that weighs almost 300 pounds. So wow. it is very hard. We, we both have moments, especially me. Like, you know, I'm still a woman. I still have my cycle when I'm on my cycle. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be touched. I don't want to be bothered. I don't feel good. Yeah. And, there there's ways to build that confidence slowly. I do highly recommend one time, at least once have sex with the lights on. I used to never have sex with the lights on. Like I'd get in bed lights off immediately. Now with the lights off, I'm like, ew, this is weird. I don't like this. Like I can't see you. Um, it, it opens that connection. Also, if you are struggling in your body, ask your partner, your partner mm -hmm. sees you so different. So ask your partner, be like, Hey, I'm really struggling. 
what do you love about me? What do you mm. find sexy? Like, what is it about me that, that turns you on? And the, you, compliments are hard. Mm. So you have to be willing to accept them. So if you are someone that is struggling with their body, like moms, moms struggle so much because your body changes. You're, you might have stretch marks. You're going to have loose skin unless you are just Alaska woman. Like <laughs> you're going to have some loose skin. It's okay. Typically your spouse isn't seeing any of that. Right. They are seeing your fantastic boobs, your booty. They love to hold on to things. You know, I've always been self-conscious about my love handles. Why? Men like something to grab onto <laughs> that, you know, you got to hold on. So ask your partner and, and be willing to reciprocate, but you don't have to reciprocate in that moment because then it feels inauthentic. Yeah. But when you get into the, the, um, the routine of just doing it, wow. so walk around the house. And if you notice something, like if my husband is doing something, I'm like, Ooh, you looking sexy right now. Like he's putting dishes away, but like. <laughs> Your booty looking good. Like, that builds the confidence. You don't yeah. have to build it on your own. Like you, you have a partner. So ask for solo, then it really does. And this is super hard, but it works. Stand in front of a mirror completely naked. Yeah. And yeah. Everything you love, like do not point out flaws. If you point out a flaw, you have to give me three things that you love. So stand in front of a mirror completely naked and be like, you know what? My booty looking good. Mm -hmm. Oh, I got a little bit of a tiny tummy. Look at those thighs. Look how strong they are. You know, if you had children, think about instead of looking at your stomach and being like, oh, I have stretch marks. I have loose skin. How many kids did you produce? How many pregnancies did you have? Your body goes through so much trauma. Respect your body for that. And then it slowly does change where you're like, you're not focusing on the negativity of your body, you're mm. looking for the empowerment that your body has served you. Oh, dude, you brought up so many good points. Cause I'm just thinking about so many of my clients where, so we have the wheel of life. Remember the wheel of life. There's yep. the eight pillars of the wheel and romance is one of them. And you'd be surprised. I mean, I don't even think you'd be surprised, but I think a lot of people would be surprised to hear that majority of people actually rate pretty low in the romance section. They love their partner and their partner loves them, but there's almost like this disconnection. And when we really boil it down, especially in this pandemic and quarantine, you know, a lot of us have gained weight and then we feel like we've lost ourselves. And then when we feel like we've lost ourselves, we're insecure and then we're insecure in the bedroom. And what I've noticed, and I'm sure you probably have noticed this in certain areas too, where when one person feels insecure, the other partner feels it. And then it creates that disconnection. And then you're not feeling that connection. You're not having sex. You're not, you know, having intimacy. And then that's a need that as I feel like primal beings, we need to have met. So then what do they do to get that need met in other ways, which then creates more miscommunication because maybe they're using things like porn or maybe they're doing it on their own, or maybe they get to the point where it's gone so bad that they, their urges literally bring them outside of the relationship and they'll go find other people. Like it's like almost like subconscious. And it's so interesting that you brought that up because like what I feel like a lot of us don't realize. And sometimes need this reminder is that when you're in love with someone that they see you more than just your body. It's the intelligence, it's the energy, it's the confidence. And why I feel like a lot of relationships I've seen end when I'm working with clients is like, you lost yourself. And when you lost yourself, you didn't show up as the same person that you did when you first got into the relationship. And I think that's a really tough pill for a lot of people to swallow. It is. And th this, that's actually how this evolved is because I, I had a completely different business. Uh, I, created a whole different course in 2020, um, all about confidence. And I had six different areas of confidence in life. And one of them was, was relationships, but that was just a tiny little portion of my course. And what, at the end of it, I asked everybody, like, if you could have more information on one particular part, what would it be? And everyone said relationships. And I was like, mm. 
okay, this is a problem. And, and in 2020, because of the pandemic, it, it was hard for everybody. Mm-hmm. And relationships struggled so much because people were home all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that weren't normally home all the time. Mm-hmm. And you don't know how to communicate. You don't know how to share space if you're not normally sharing space that way. In, re- in reality, we're used to, if you both work outside of the home, you're spending maybe four to six hours together a day, probably three to four of that's probably spent in front of the TV on a phone, not communicating. And then you got thrust into lockdowns. And now it's like, how do we spend time together? And we saw that we saw relationships all around us just dissolving. And we're like, we don't want that. So like, first and foremost, I recommend everybody, everybody go to therapy of some form, marriage counseling, do it before you need it, because it, it just, it helps having somebody there. That's not on either of your sides. That's like <laughs> number one. And again, you're probably not communicating well, <laughs> um, but being able to learn how to be vulnerable with your partner, it's still really hard for me. I, I don't like to cry. I, I was told by my family, like when I was emotional, they're like, you're so emotional. So now I hold that out. Like, I don't cry. I hate crying in front of my husband. He'll bring some things up and I'm like, I'm not going to cry today. Um, and so it was really hard. You know, we, we just had a breakthrough moment where we're sitting in the tub and I'm like crying. I'm like, I hate this. I don't like this, but it, it's needed. And he was so supportive. He's like, I didn't know you felt that way. And so now he knows and we're able to work past it. So it all comes down to communication, connection, and vulnerability. Wow. No, that's, that's huge. A lot of people are so afraid to be vulnerable with themselves and let alone with the people around them. I think, you know, like you're alone and you don't even want to cry. And obviously when you're on a partner or somebody else, like the last thing you want to, and I think it, it goes back to the fact that we've been conditioned as a society that crying and being vulnerable makes you weak absolutely when in reality it's actually I feel like it's like the sexiest thing like you're because you're showing your heart and I'm not saying like trauma dumping on someone that's a completely different story but when you're actually like being able to be open and honest and vulnerable I think we're not playing games anymore I think there's so much game playing and mental fuckery that happens in like relationships but piggybacking to like the whole single thing I think my question was less of like, which I actually, I really like mirror work is so important. I I started doing mirror work when I was doing like fitness and health. And it just, it's, it's interesting how so many people will just run away from the mirror. Like I've had clients when I was doing fitness coaching where they're like, you know, I'll jump from the shower, like straight outside. Like I literally will avoid looking in the mirror and I'm like, okay, that's a problem. Like, I love you, but we need to definitely, you know, that's, that's something that we need to work on. And, and that's when I kind of came across mirror work. But I guess my question for you is like for single people who don't have that consistent partner to experience that intimacy with, or maybe you're someone like me who just like, honestly, doesn't like sleeping around, or maybe you are someone who does love sleeping around and you're around so many different people's energies. Yeah. So, okay. So first and foremost, the the solo work. So solo work can be done, obviously male, female, however you identify, um, depending on what genitalia you have. When it comes to Tantra specifically, you're, you're focusing on energy. You're focusing on what the feeling in your body, what's happening at touch. Um, obviously with your, with a partner, you can also add sound, you can take away, um, different senses, but you can do this single or partner. You need to understand your body. You need to understand what turns you on, what feels good, what pressure feels good, what motions feel good, what pressure and motions don't feel good. Because if you don't understand your own body and you have not experienced or experimented with yourself, toys and things like that, how can you communicate that to a partner? And what I find to be true is that if you don't know yourself, when you get into a partner relationship, you have a tendency and and I'm guilty of this. I'm just now coming to terms, um, with being able to speak my desires in the moment, 
because mm-hmm. if I don't like something, if, if something's not necessarily feeling good, I'm like, it'll pass. That's, that should never be your answer. You should never have to sit there and be like, well, this isn't great, but it'll happen. And it, it'll, we'll move past it. Right. You should be able to speak up and be like, Hey, like this one's not really working for me, but if you try this and the only way you can say like, if you try this, it'll get me there quicker is if you know what will make you happier. So I know for women, it's just so taboo. Like I know so many women that won't use the period cups because they're like, Oh, I'm not putting my hand, my fingers inside of myself. Mm, Wow. Really? Oh, I know a lot. A lot. (laughs) Wow. I mean, I've only ever, I've heard like people talk about how like they make a mess with it, but I've never actually heard women say it's because they don't want to put their fingers inside of them. Yes. So like experiment, touch, literally start like lay down, set the scene. It does for women. We are very um, emotional and mental creatures. So for men, it, it does typically happen a lot easier. Touch, sight turns them on. For women, if we have a messy house, that could distract us. And it's going to make it very difficult for us to have an orgasm or to even be in the moment of pleasure. So whatever you need personally to be relaxed and in the moment, set that, set that up for yourself and then just go at it. Again, orgasm is not the goal. Pleasure and finding what works and what doesn't work is the goal. And this is going to take time. It's going to take experimenting. It's going to take fun. Like that's the thing. This should be fun. Mm-hmm. I have thousands and people like, they're like, no, you're not. I'm like, I have thousands of dollars worth of toys that I have accumulated. <laughs> since I was 18, probably younger than that. I was probably 16 when I got my first vibrator, but to me, sex toys equaled vibrators, not dildos, nothing else. I got my first dildo, like a year, not even a year ago, probably like six months ago. And I'm like, I don't really know about this, but like, you know, I I have a husband. So I'm like, why do I need this? (laughs) But I have found, I was like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. I never could orgasm um, internally with, you know, G-spot or vaginal stimulation. That never happened for me. Now, because I've taken away the power of an orgasm. Now I, it's kind of swapped where like clitoral stimulation. I'm like, this is great. And it it gives a different type of orgasm, but I'm like, that's not what I really want. I'd much rather the internal, um, learning to, for women or those with yonis, learning to love and just accept your yoni and give it everything that she needs is so empowering because it is such a powerful part of your body. Women are powerful as all get out. Um, try different toys. Like they they make everything. They make Yoni crystal eggs. Like they have one for, um, that's in rose quartz specifically for self-love. Yoni eggs, um, are, are fantastic there. You put them in, you can leave them in all day until they come out naturally. It helps with your PC muscles. They're fantastic. So you're Um, saying you're throwing all these terms. And while I kind of understand it, I feel like a lot of people are like, okay, Jen, what the fuck is a Yoni? What are these things that you're talking about? This is a whole other language. So Yoni is another term, uh, more of the Tantra term for a vulva, which most people in now, I guess today's society, I don't know if it's just Western culture, but those with vulvas, we typically say vagina. Mm. That's not technically correct. Uh, Your vulva is your entire female genitalia. Um, I personally like Yoni too. I just think it sounds cute and like sweet and just so (laughs) pretty. Like to me, it's like a little lotus flower. I just, yeah. I love the word yoni. Um, so yoni is just the term for your vulva, those with a female genitalia. Um, and then the eggs specifically that I was talking about, they're just, they're almost like the Benoit balls, which are little balls that you put inside of your yoni to help with, there's so many uses for it, but one of the biggest one is learning how to have that internal connection. So mm-hmm. you can feel it. And then you would be, you know, everybody says, do your kegels. Well, if you've never done a kegel before, it's really hard to know that you're doing a kegel. What's a um, kegel? Uh, like when you clinch, oh, okay. <laughs> clench your PC muscles. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, again, if you, if you've never done it, it's really hard to know if you're doing it. So the yoni eggs actually help because you can feel 
the pressure on the eggs and then release. And that's part of Tantra. Like one of the big things with Tantra is it's called, um, fleeting for me right now, I'm going to say edging, which is not the Tantra term, but basically you get yourself very close to orgasm and then you bring yourself back down where you don't ever actually orgasm. Mm. And that is what the yoni eggs can also help with where you clench because that's what stops an orgasm. And then you can release and bring the energy back. Um, so again, it's all about energy, being able to kind of use your breath and your energy to pull all the way up through your body, all the way to your crown chakra, and then push it all the way back down. Um, and then finally have an orgasm if that's, what's the good step for you. What, so what, with all this, like, what would you say to someone who's like, well, I don't need this, you know, like I'm busy. I got kids, you know, like we love each other. We're fine. Or you might be the single person who's like, well, I don't have a partner right now. I don't desire a partner. I don't need this. Like, what would you say to people like that? Cause I feel like there's a lot of people like that. Oh yeah. So the singles that say that they don't need it cause they're not partnered currently. Um, unless you are one of those people that does not desire sexual relationships at all. Like this is powerful outside of a partnership. Mm. Forget about a partnership. That's not what's important here. This is about connecting with your body, finding your power and orgasms are very powerful. It's one of the most powerful ways that you can express energy and put energy into the universe. Like there's a mm. whole lot of different types of um, information out there on sexual orgasm uh, manifestations, mm. uh, magic, uh, which is a whole other topic, but there's so much good that comes from having an orgasm, having pleasure, so for anybody that's like, I don't need this in my life, my question would be like, why? Why do you not feel like you deserve pleasure? Because that's what this comes down to. It, it tends to be a something holding you back from thinking that you deserve pleasure in any way, shape, or form. And when you've learned your body, your openness, and how to connect, it, you, you're going to tear down a lot of walls that might have been stopping you from finding a partner. So mm. that's the thing for the singles to think about. Um, for people that are in a relationship, one of the biggest things, obviously, all over my social media, my husband and I have had sex pretty much every single day for a year. We have this thing called no days off and we get a lot of hate for it because people are like, that's not realistic. Totally get it. We do not have children in our home. We live together 24 seven. I work in the home. He's retired. We have it pretty easy time constraint wise, but my, when people say I don't have time, it's almost when you think about it in a health aspect, like, do you want to prevent illness or do you want to deal with illness when it comes? One of those, you, it's going to happen. You either prevent mm -hmm. it or you deal with it. If you don't make time now, I promise you there will become a time where you have to deal with it. And it's probably going to be in a divorce lawyer's office. And that's wow. really harsh to say, but you're either going to live in a miserable marriage, which that's why I did this work because I saw what a miserable marriage looked like. And I refused to be in one myself. And we, we got to that place. You know, I'm very open about the fact that my husband and I, we thought about getting divorced. It wow. took us a year, a year and a half. And this work to be like, okay, that was not the choice that we needed to make this was the choice we needed to make. We needed to make time. When you take away the four hours you're spending on your phone, the Netflix and chilling that you're not really chilling, you're just scrolling, then you have plenty of time. <laughs> it's not a yeah. priority. And trust me when I say, if you have children in the home and you use your kids as an excuse to not be intimate with your spouse, you're teaching your children that intimacy is not important in a relationship. And that is not something you should teach your kids. We should teach them that it's okay and it's celebrated to be sexual. There's nothing wrong or shameful for it. You know, I have a stepchild and I, I get a lot of hate about the fact that my husband and I, we kiss a lot in front of him. Like we're touching, we touch each other's butts all the time. We never do anything inappropriate in front of him. But we were at a water park and I was dancing and he, my stepson was like, stop it. You are so embarrassing. Cause he's at that age where you know, 
And, I, and then his dad grabs me, like flings me backwards, full makeout kiss in line of a ride. And he just is like, okay. And I'm like, you're embarrassed about me dancing, but not by that. He's like, no, because that's normal. Oh, wow. So make the time, put your kids to bed 30 minutes earlier or tell them that they need to go self-soothe with a book, whatever have you, like they need to learn that type of um, self indulgence anyway. Yeah. Um, and be okay with showing your kids that you love your partner in a physical way. Like it's okay to hold hands. It's okay to kiss, grab each other's butts. Like that's my number one rule. Like always touch the butt. Mm-hmm. So if you don't make time for it now, I promise it'll make time for you later. Wow. I mean, okay. Yes. Like snaps to all of that. Um, I feel like there's a lot of people because they have grown up with parents saying that it's a very taboo topic, church, religion, all those different things. Then they almost feel like, well, I have kids in the home. Like, I don't want them to hear us. And then, so how can we do it? Like we can't get away. So do you have any tips for, I guess the couple who's like, okay, like shit, like this is resonating a lot with me. I need to prioritize this because my marriage is slowly falling apart or I'm starting to see it go that way. What would you say for those who are in homes with kids and might still feel some shame around like, let's say being loud or like might have really tight knit home, like rooms and their child is literally next door. And they're just like, you know, like what what would you say in, for people who are in cases where they might have roommates or they might have kids next door or family members that still live with them. Yeah. It's hard. You have to make, you have to be creative. And so like for us, it is very different because we don't have him all the time. And so we don't have children in our home 24 seven, but I have always had a, a no bedroom policy. So children for me, you're not permitted in my bedroom unless it's been expressed that you're welcome. So you don't walk in for no reason. Um, you know, and I know that parents are probably thinking like, well, my kid gets up in the middle of the night. What is, that's okay. Like, but it's still a boundary. If a child gets up in the middle of the night, they knock and they're like, Hey, I need help. Okay. I'll be coming to you right now. It's, it's really that simple. And it is really difficult if you haven't already set the boundary and your kids are depending on ages, obviously, you know, a two-year-old's not going to understand that. Go with what works for your family. Um, but you can have a lot of fun quietly. <laughs> like, and that it's, it's honestly, it's kind of fun because you can experience different things. You know, I, I do recommend, um, there is this, this phrasing, it's like one hour a day where you connect with your significant other with no distractions one day a week. And that doesn't have to be an all day thing, but like plan something, just dinner maybe, or lunch or brunch or whatever. Um, one weekend a month and then one week a year. And if you can really do that, and again, I know it's hard with kids. I know that there's so many circumstances, but think to yourself, what if my parents had done this? Mm. What if I saw my parents living the relationship that I'm going to show my kids? How would I have changed? How would my relationship be different? Would I have to be doing all of this extra work and unloading all of this baggage now at 30, 40, 50, if I would have been shown what this type of relationship looks like? So make time by planning things, you know, find, find the help if you can. And if not, that's okay. You can have an amazing date in your living room, put your kids to bed stay up a little bit later, sacrifice, you know, an hour or two of sleep. And then again, get creative. I know, I know couples that co-sleep with their young children and they still have sex every single day. Wow. They don't have sex in bed, but they have sex (laughs) every single day. So get creative, have fun. We are so, you know, I, as open as I am, I'm kind of prudish in the fact, like to me, sex equals bed. And it's really hard for me to break that. So like, I don't typically have sex outside of my bedroom or my bed. And I don't live with anybody, so I can have sex everywhere. Um, So you have to be willing to to break down those norms of sex is bed, sex is night. Mm. Because not everybody equals nighttime. That's not necessarily your arousal. So talk to your partner, be like, hey, like, this is what I would like to try. 
Mm. We need to get on the same page because we have little children or we have a lot of, you know, uh, middle school, high school children that are running around everywhere that might be coming in and out and we don't want to hear them or them to hear us. So you just have to find something that works and then commit. You know, I say try seven days. Every day is a lot. I get it. I get it. Especially if you're not having sex regularly. Commit to, to five days, maybe three days, three days in a row of having sex, no matter what. Mm. No excuses. And the one thing that changed for me to allow me to get to a place, because I'm a very sexual person, but I didn't want to have sex every day to get to that place. My question is not, am I in the mood? My answer to that question is always no. Now I ask myself, am I willing to be put in the mood? Am Mm. I open to being in the mood in 10 to 15 minutes? That answer is always yes. Yes. I will say a lot, oftentimes, I mean, when you're dealing with like life stressors and you're anxious about certain things, like, of course, you're not going to fucking just like be randomly aroused all the time. But I will say like thinking back to being in previous relationships, also I'm a Scorpio. So like Scorpios are one of the, you know, um, (laughs) you can, I feel like anybody, no matter what, if you actually put the intention behind it and prioritize it, you can put yourself in the mood. Right. And so basically what I'm hearing you say, and a lot of this is that when it comes to Tantra, like, yes, sex is, isn't all, it isn't always sex. And it's not always about the orgasm. And really it's about that deepened like connection. Cause even if we're just talking about removing the sex from it, going on intimate dates where you are undistracted and not with, with your phone and you're actually just gazing into each other's eyes, like literally nothing sexual happening. Would you say that that's Tantra or am I completely off here? No, absolutely. And so the, the one thing that you alluded to in the very beginning with the, <laughs> the video of me straddling my husband, <laughs> <laughs> that position is called the yab yum and that is Tantra. And you literally just sit and you don't have to sit on your partner. You can <laughs> whatever's comfortable, but that's how we like to do it. Um, and you stare at each other in the eyes and try to hold that connection for as long as you do want to. Um, and it does help if you learn to synchronize your breath, either same where you're going in and out at the same time or opposite that mm-hmm. kind of flows. If you are in a heterosexual relationship, mm-hmm. if there's the feminine and the masculine between the two partners, oh, wow. Um, so yeah, it's all about that connection. So the yab yum, I recommend for everybody because, and it's goofy. The first time you do it with a partner, like you're probably going to laugh. I laughed like <laughs> two times. It took us five minutes to get 30 seconds because I could not stop laughing. I just hilarious. <laughs> but now we like, there's times where we go four minutes and it, it's, it's, I don't meditate. I cannot meditate for the life of me that has become both of our meditations. We say affirmations subconsciously to each other. You know, he's all about empowering me. So he has told me some of his before. And he's like, you know, he says to me, like, you are powerful. You are strong. You are a woman. Um, and it just, wow. I, you know, I, I don't, obviously I don't know what he's telling me, but I can feel it. I can mm-hmm. feel it in my soul when he's giving me those affirmations. Yeah. And then it just makes me want to like, give him all of me back. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just, it's amazing. Wow. I like have like goosebumps and like, I think that's why I love continue following you. Cause I'm like, these are all the notes that I'm taking to bring into my future relationship because I've been only in toxic relationships in the past, right. Where it was all these wounds that I brought to the table and my partners also, my ex is also brought in. And it was just like, why I've been single for four years. And I'm like, you know, over the four years doing personal development, I'm like taking all these like tabs of like how I want to be a mother when I become a mother or what kind of partner or wife I want to be when that time comes around. And, you know, for the people who are listening, who are like, it's hard to go from, let's say having sex or being intimate once every six months or once even a year. Cause I've heard those stories. And in my mind, I'm like, how the fuck are you doing that? So I think it's hard for people like that to go from once or twice a year to let's say three days in a row. But I think even just by you sharing like this Tantra connection, that's, that's majority of what miss is missing in the first place. So if we're kind of going by steps for those of you who are listening, who are like, you know, Ev, Jen, like I, I can't like, that's just not normal for us. And that's totally okay. 
I think we need to start with baby steps, right? Yeah. Just even take what resonated with you in this conversation and know that we're kind of giving you this whole roadmap, right? Like start off with maybe just like one date night. If you literally have never been without your kids, maybe hire a babysitter, a nanny, allow your kids to go to the grandparents for like a day or a weekend and just like be with each other because there's so many people, so many couples in relationships that are with each other physically, but they're not with each other mentally or emotionally or spiritually or even energetically. So I think baby steps with starting off with that deepened connection. And then I just feel like naturally it's going to progress into something. Like when you rebuild that connection that was maybe lost or was never there, I feel like naturally through these tiny little things that you've mentioned to us, Jen, with like affirmations and receiving compliments, giving compliments, like these sound tiny, but when you layer them up, it can make drastic differences, not only in your personal life, but also in your relationship. And then that compounded will lead to, wow, we can actually do like three days of sex or like five days in a row. So I've just been loving this conversation. It's been very, I don't want to say uncomfortable because I've opened myself up to this a lot, but I think I'm also feeling the energy of like my audience. Who's like, okay, we've been talking about childhood wounds. And then now we're like talking about like penises and organs. <laughs> so if you, um, you know, have like stayed here with us, I definitely appreciate you because I truly do wish that more and more people talked about this. Like, I love the work that you're doing in this world, Jen. I think honestly, like I'll go out and say it. Like, I do believe the work that you're doing is saving marriages. It's saving relationships. It's really, you know, and at the end of the day, we all crave love. We all want love, but we don't know how to give it to ourselves. And we also don't know how to give it to our partners. And love is so complex, right? There's mental, emotional, physical. So I just want to say thank you so much for being here with us today, sharing your thoughts, your expertise, being so vulnerable. Like, I feel like it's so hard nowadays to find people who are so willing and open to be like, here's a video of me straddling my husband. Here's what's worked for us. And I want you to do this too. Um, So I guess the question that I have for you to kind of wrap this up is what's a tip or advice that you have for our listeners to help them evolve into the next stage or next level of their life? So my, my biggest tip would be to start living in the present moment with your partner. It is really hard to connect energetically, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. If there's a physical barrier of a phone in between you guys, and that when you remove those barriers, and you have nothing else but to sit with your partner, magic is going to happen. It's going to be hard and it's going to be dirty and not <laughs> fun in the very beginning. But I promise you the explosions that you'll see later on, <laughs> worth it. <laughs> Dude, even just for people like me who don't have a partner right now, that totally applies. So for all my single people out there, don't just be like, oh, that doesn't apply to me because I'm not in a relationship. Put the fucking phone down and you'll realize how much you have not been connecting with yourself because we that barrier affects all of us, whether you're in a relationship or not. So is there any last things that you want to share with the listeners? Um, be willing to just go for it, to mm. be dirty, messy, uh, try anything and everything like honestly like follow me on insta because like i have i have tons of like apps and things like that i can share don't be so close-minded that you're like i don't like this if you've never tried it and Mm. obviously we all have trust me we all have hard limits respect those hard limits but if it's not a hard limit try it i will try anything once maybe twice to see if I really like it or not. (laughs) I love that. Well, just try. I love that. Love that. Love that. So without further ado, can you just let the listeners know where we can find you, what you have available for them? Um, yeah, where they can find you on the social medias, give us all the things. And also we will be leaving those in the show notes as well. 
Yes. So you can find me on Instagram at JKM Tantra. My website is the same www.jkmtantra.com. By the time that this is released, my course will be live. Um, So it is a Tantra course going through all of the steps that will compound because like you said, I, I, we threw all of it at you guys today. So thank you for listening because it was a lot, but I didn't wake up and get to this point. It took over a year to have the practice that I have. and It is constantly evolving. So Ooh, do you so have any, grateful. do you have any specials for a listener for the course? Absolutely. I will definitely, we can put it in the show notes that uh, they will get a special discount uh, for purchasing through the the podcast. Yay. So by the time that this is out, I'll make sure that Jen leaves us a promo code, promo code that you can use to register for this course if you feel called to it, which I highly recommend. But thank you so much for giving us your time today. And for everyone who's listening, we appreciate you so much for sticking with us till the end. If you know any, if you have any friends or family members who you believe will benefit from this conversation, definitely, definitely go ahead and share this podcast with them. But without further ado, I just want to say thank you. I love you guys so much. Thank you, Jen. And I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Bye.